straight talk about the issues you care about the most. It's LaVise Dinkleville, Empowerment for the Culture. Now, your hosts, Dr. Will LaVise and Dr. Eric Claville. Hey, I'm Will LaVise. He's Eric Claville. You tune into LaVise and Claville. We give it to you straight the way it is from a black male's perspective, because it's like that. And that's the way it is. So let's get right to it. The show 2022 bound to be another challenging year, just like 2021 as the pandemic continues to rage on. But as long as God is on the throne, La Visa Preville <laughs> will remain optimistic. So we're looking forward to an even better 2022. And I know for me personally, you know, one of the things that I'm planning to do in 2022 is get wetted up with my beautiful fiance. So, you know, as we look at big things happening, you know, we're going to continue to tackle the big issues that are most interest to our community. So the economy, you know, the law, the government, careers, religion, and of course, black love, right? Because we love, most of all, we love black people. So we're basically talking about news culture and politics, right, Claville? Absolutely. You know, when we kicked off with Visa and Claville over a year ago, um, you know, we, we said we wanted to deal with issues in, in the news and politics and culture. I mean, so if you go to our, our social media, that was, that was really our first first post in telling everyone right. about what Visa and Claville is all about. Now, of course, we've expanded and talked about other issues, um, but that's the core of who we are. Mm-hmm. You know, talking about it from a black male perspective, we're going to continue that in 2022. As a matter of fact, you know, we kicked off the year of Louise Nickelville with on Martin Luther King Day, MLK holiday, and we took a look at where are we now. Right. You know, and we'll <laughs> a year later, hmm. you know, we're, we're gonna we're, we're gonna continue to do that show and kick off our season, uh well, kick off the year uh on that day. That's gonna that's the tradition of ours that we're gonna carry on. Right. Well, you know, it's, you mentioned being optimistic. Yes. As long as God is on the throne, we are. But sometimes you just shake your head. Absolutely. <laughs> it seems like we're we're beating our heads against the same wall, going up the same hill, taking two steps up and coming four steps back down. You know, where are we now as African-Americans? Where are we now as a country? Where are we now as a world? You know, where where are we? Yeah. You know, I was... You know, it's ironic that you say that because I was thinking about how just the other day, you know, Sidney Poitier, the great actor, you know, hero to many, you know, passed uh, just recently. And I know we're going to be talking more about that in the uh, future show. But I was um, looking at his movie, you know, that he did with Bill Cosby, you know, getting a piece of the action. And it was a point in the movie, man, where I felt, you know, I got I got to admit, I got a little down. Because if you know the storyline in the movie, and I would encourage folks to go and check it out, yeah. it's a classic movie, you know, African-American movie. And, and it was a point in the movie, like I said, I felt a little down because they were talking about and addressing the same exact issues that we are confronted with now. And this is a movie that was, you know, filmed or it was supposed to be staged and present in 75. Wow. You know, 
1975, here we are in 2022, and what they were talking about, what they were addressing, if you just change the way the cars look, the way some of the styles look, that movie, exactly the way they did it, exactly the issues that they talked about, could be done today. So like you like you said, there are moments, man, where it's very easy to get pessimistic and say, man, you know, how far we've come, but how far have we really come? And um, it, it can be tough sometimes, especially when you see something like that. You see, you know, a movie that, you know, was such such a part of my youth. And then very much so, the same exact issues they were confronting in that movie is what we see going on in our community now. You know, you're talking about Uptown Saturday Night and Let's Do It Again. <laughs> <laughs> you know, two classics, you know, and of course... Like you said, we're going to talk about the passing every year of our Black legends. Uh, And, of course, uh, we talked about, we're going to talk about uh, Max Julian and other other screenwriters and Mm -hmm. other entertainers and and other individuals within government, politics, policy, business, uh, and just culture as a whole. Those that really added to who we are and continue to add to who we are. Right. Because, like you said, well, it's interesting. We take a look at the past. Mm. We take a look at the past, and it's almost like the present, and it's almost mm. a forecast of the future. Right. So, you know, it's, it's you know, again, as a student of history and understanding how these things work, mm. you know, it's it's it, it it it's almost again, like you said, you just shake your head to say, "Are we a dog chasing our tail?" Mm. Mm. Is it just a bigger tail? That we're chasing, or right. or elaborate tail we're chasing, but are we still just chasing our tail? Yeah, or are we going in a wider circle? You know, instead of a close circle, are we going in a wider circle? But you know, that's why also, you know, as a journalist, as a student of Black literature, you know, in our culture, that's why it's so important to have a grounding in our heroes of the past, our literary giants, you know, of the past and the present, because. So many of the issues have been addressed, have been written about, have been um, given insight into. And so when you, you talk about the past often repeating itself in, in, you know, in the form of the present or in the form of the future, a lot of times to help us to be able to deal with what we're confronted with now, a lot of times it's helpful to go back and look at what some of our heroes, you know, men and women of the, you know, of the past wrote about and how they uh, advised us and, and tried to encourage, you know, our people to be able to address things. So, you know, I, I gain inspiration a lot of times going back and looking at stuff written by James Weldon Johnson, stuff written by Langston Hughes, you know, speeches oh, yeah. by, you know, Maria Stewart, you know, who was the, was the first womanist, the first political, you know, women at her time, black woman, you know, giving political speeches, you know. Yeah. And when you start thinking about those things and what was going on in that context, you know, a lot of times it could help you to be able to get through and, and to, to see that, you know, our way forward and what we're dealing with now. Absolutely. You know, and then when we talk about politics, you know, the second episode that we did in 2021 was... Mm-hmm. Expectation of a Biden-Harris administration. Mm. And, and Will, when you talk about history, I feel like we can do that show right now. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, because, you know, because it's really an examination 
uh, of where those expectations are. You know, and, and we're grappling right now in 2022 on Capitol Hill with a lot of issues where some constituents are saying there are broken promises mm. or promises that are unfulfilled. Right. You know, slice it whichever way you like. It's, there's still issues that we need to deal with. And the question becomes, in politics, how do we take the campaign promises right. and the stump speeches to the people that you need votes from, and how do each of us hold them accountable in order to make sure that we get what we came for? And the challenge is it always seems that with the African-American community that there are these promises made but then promises deferred. And it's like, so why is it that other communities, other constituencies seem to be able to get their promises, their issues addressed and put forth? But when it comes to the African-American community, uh, you get these delays, you get these empty promises. And that's one of the big criticisms of uh, the Democratic Party and African-Americans putting so much of our voting power into this one party that continues to seem to uh, not uh, take us for, um, take the vote to its fullest potential, to its fullest meaning, only essentially using the vote to get in office, but then not really delivering on what was promised. And then as African-Americans, you look at the Republican Party and you with the 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 changes and with the direction that is very blatantly going now, led by uh, Trump and that whole Trump wing of the party, as an African American, you can't, in good conscience, see yourself associating with that with that kind of racism and misogyny and, and that's going on over there. So oftentimes you find yourself, particularly if you're independent like I am, you know what are you picking in between? You picking between Lucifer. And Satan, you know, what, what is, what are your choices at this point? You know, it's like, it's like the difference between growing up in the neck in the uh, segregated North or the segregated South. Yeah. I mean, in both situations, you're not being treated like a, a, a full uh, citizen in the United States and you're still being um, restricted to, to being able to fully live life, liberty and happiness. So, these are challenges that we, what we have to overcome these challenges. And that has been the history of us here in the United States as a people, continuing to fight against these barriers and to overcome them. Well, look, let's stick right there in Washington and continue to look at politics. And the third show that we did in 2021 dealt with the Trump legacy. Hmm. <laughs> so, so when we talk about shows we could do again right now. Right. You know, that that topic, the impact that he's had, you know, for, for better, for worse, for good, for bad, right. you know, continues to grow. You know, it continues to um, have a lot of different nuances. It continues to go in many different directions. Right. And, and of course, over time, you know, history uh, becomes interpreted a little differently, right? Things right. happen immediately, right. an immediate uh, response. But then over the course of time, you begin to look at things and time passes. And, and as they say, that time heals all wounds, but it's still, there's still the scars of the wounds that are there. You know, so, you know, we can 
in 2022, we can still deal with and will continue to deal with right. the Trump legacy, not just him, but the policies, the insurrection, uh, how, po- po- how he changed politics and how he changed the Republican Party to what it is now. Yeah, because in a lot of ways, the change that he has done is really tapping into something that has always existed. He's tapped into, and I don't think that he strategically tapped into it in such a thoughtful way. I think that he, in many ways, stumbled upon it. He tapped into this undercurrent that has always been there within uh, the white American political landscape. It's the same theme, it's the same strain that Barry Goldwater tapped into you know, <laughs> some generations ago. It's the same strain that was there prior to that that led to the, you know, reemergence of um, a reestablishment of Jim Crow segregation after the Civil War. It's the same strain. You know, it just like you said, it just kind of takes uh, different forms. But I think that he's tapped into that and now it's become a little bit more normalized and people have become more embracing and emboldened with it. And um, it's going to be interesting to see how that all plays out, whether it goes back into sort of a semi-dormant state, you know, similar to what you had over with um, George Bush era, you know, a little bit of uh, Ronald Reagan, or is it going to be really, you know, radical, more than, than the vein of Barry Goldwater and, you know, and others before him. So it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. No, look, you're exactly right. And then the question becomes, will he survive again? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because now there are new charges, uh, state charges in New York City. And right. That nature. So, like I said, we could talk about this just about every year. Yeah. Because the legacy continues to grow because of the impact itself. You know, and, and it will, will, you know, every year Black History Month rolls around. And it's an opportunity for us to recognize clearly the impact of Black culture not just on Black people, but really on the world. Hmm. I I always like to say that American culture is really Black culture with a white face, the way it's marketed Hmm. and the way you see it. And the indelible impact that Black Americans, more specifically, have had on the entire world. You know, know, we we talk about how, well, I've I've noticed there's only one form of music that you see in every country, Hmm. and that's hip-hop. Well, you know, you know my story. I've talked about it, being on the streets, you know, in Mongolia and, and hearing hip hop in, you know, in Mongolia. I mean, of all of all places. So you, yeah, absolutely right. You know, black culture, very much original American culture of a mixture of uh, indigenous roots, a mixture, a mashup of European, obviously the African root being at the base and you mash all of that together and you come with this original American culture and art form. Um, you see it in jazz. I mean, we see it in our cuisine. You know, the first uh, African-American, the first American cuisine and chefs, uh, celebrity chefs were actually African-Americans, you know, because of, again, being able to mash up and take from, you know, Native American culture, take what they brought with the African culture, Mixing that with the learnings of European cuisine and culture, you know, I, I remember I wrote a piece about that during the um, 
uh, a commemoration of the 1619, you know, in, in Virginia. So you're absolutely right. I mean, African American culture is, you know, the original American culture, and we see it being exported all across the globe in as many different forms. Absolutely. You know, and then when we move toward, of course, Black History Month, we can delve into, you know, the style of, of, of our Black ministers and our churches, the impact of our churches on uh, not just the Black community, but all across mm-hmm. uh, the world, especially here in America. And then our HBCUs. Right. You and I are proud HBCU graduates, right. of course, you know, representing Lincoln University and Southern University and and also we taught at HBCUs. I continue mm-hmm. uh, to serve at HBCU now. And just the impact that our HBCUs have had. Right. Now, not just, again, not just on the Black community, but we'll, we'll talk about the impact that it's had across the world. As a matter of fact, you know, the Black Lives Matter movement, the pandemic, really showed just how impactful HBCUs have been with these, right. and then the flood of philanthropy that came toward them. Right. Right. And I think, as we've talked about before, I think it's good that the rest of the nation and rest of the world, in fact, is seeing the positive impact of these institutions, that we are producing as much excellence, if not more, and doing it oftentimes with less. So so if you're able to produce an equal level of excellence and to do it with fewer resources, that actually you're you're exceeding the bar. Absolutely. You know, you're exceeding it. And so imagine what we could do with um, uh, optimal resources. And I think that one of the things that I hope that we're seeing too, and we've talked about, is that us, we as alumni, need to be supporting our universities. We need to be uh, at the front lines of giving back to our universities. You know, and, I, and I'm proud to say that right now, I mean, my fraternity, the chapter at Lincoln University of Pennsylvania, we're right in the middle of raising $100,000 for an endowment for a scholarship to be able to help students uh, born in the Americas to be able to study over in Africa. Because two of our graduates, Kwame Nkrumah and Nami Azikwe, both presidents of Ghana and also Nigeria, uh, respectively, were Lincoln alums. And so the, the, the scholarship the endowed scholarship is in honor of them, and they're both members of the fraternity, Phi Beta Sigma fraternity. So those are the kinds of efforts, too, because when you want others to be able to give to your institution, one of the first questions they ask is, well, what's your alumni level of giving? And so we've got to be able to support our own, because if we don't support us, then how can we expect others to support us? And that's what many of the great institutions do. Uh, alumni of Notre Dame support Notre Dame. Alumni of Harvard support Harvard. When they need something done, they need a building done, they go to one of the alums. And oftentimes it gets done. So we've got to develop that same kind of tenacity, that same kind of understanding too. Well, we'll we're, we're continuing to develop it. You know, That's because right. It is developed. But continue to push it. Uh, preach the narrative, tell our story. That's right. It's, ama- it's amazing what 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 you are doing, and uh, and also your your fraternity and and just think about that. Two individuals that studied at one HBCU That's in right. Pennsylvania, or the same fraternity, have or have been presidents of two of the most influential nations 
That's on right. the largest continent in the world. That's right. That's right. Inspired by African-American culture, inspired by the African-Americans and what we were able to do here as a people. Um, so that, again, talks to your point about the culture and its impact across the globe. Yeah. I mean, if you look at it, we can go all the way back to Marcus Garvey, how mm -hmm. he was inspired, you know, by Booker T. Washington. And right. he, you know, came, of course, he didn't have a chance to meet him. He wanted to, but he passed away uh, before that time, Booker T. Washington, that is. But again, inspired, how yeah. the world is inspired by not just Barack Obama, but before him, Martin Luther King, you know, and yeah. before that, many other great men and women, African-Americans that really blazed the trail. So valuing our culture, recognizing the impact of our culture and ensuring that our culture stays intact. Absolutely. So, you know, we'll, we'll delve into that. And, you know, when we talk about people and society. You know, we, 2022, we'll look at populism and socialism, right? Mm. <laughs> you, know, you know, right now, we've got two extremes that are real, that are, that I believe will, you and I, we've talked. I believe that if we don't pay attention to these two extremes, mm. you know, it'll be the cause of pulling our country back apart like we did during the Civil War. Mm. And that's populism and socialism. And what, 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 what do we mean by that? Where we look at one group that are the have-nots right. that are having less of, ha of have-nots. Hmm. So they're, they're actually getting poor, 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 less access to just basic living needs. Right. And then populism, where you have those that become extremists and end up going into the U.S. Capitol. <laughs> After told not to come in, where you have some people that's reinterpreting history said, oh, it was just a like a regular tourist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They, you know, they were just checking the place out, you know. And, this, you know? and, and the same people who talk about um, respect for law, respect for police, you know, blue lives matter. These are the same people who are spraying police with with uh, with chemicals, who are hitting police over the head with with uh flagpoles and and even worse it's like what kind of what's, what's the cognitive dissonance going on here what's what is are we not able to see the contradiction here that you're saying you're you are for law enforcement and you're for being a nation of laws but yet you're willing to go and totally um uh disrespect the law and ignore the law based on based on lies it's 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 incredible. And then the lawmakers are covering up for this. I, I mean, it's 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 really it's really remarkable, but um, shouldn't be shocking. Like you said, it's it's very much a threat to the health of the nation. Absolutely. You know, and that's why we need to deal with it. That's why we need to talk about mm -hmm. it and really look at history. You know, as we do uh, look at history, look at social behavior, interaction and help to kind of forecast the future and what we need to deal with in order to make sure that our country, the institution, right? you know, of course, we've got R's, we've got D's, we've got independence, we've got people that just don't care. But at the end of the day, all of us need to be institutionalists because without the institution, we have nothing. You know, and, and that's what is really, I think, is a underlying thing we're going to see more and more written about this is that there has been a 
unraveling a disrespect for institutions across the board. And I think that that is very much at the core rumbling with what we're seeing happening on the surface. You know, so, for example, a lot of people are uh, turning away from the church as an institution. They may still believe in God, may still believe in Jesus as a, as a son of God, but as an institution, the church and its structures and all of that, there's a, t- a high level of distrust. People, we see people distrusting the institution of medicine, a medical institution, to the point where we have a major pandemic going on, has been going on for, you know, we're going on more than two years now, yeah. it seems like, and people are still questioning the vaccine and the science behind the vaccine. And we're just seeing a, a, a disrespect in a unraveling distrust in journalism as an institution and in higher education as an institution. So again, I think one of the keys, and there's going to be more coming out about this, is how when people begin not trusting the institutions that are supposed to be for the people, by the people, uh, what what do we have? What do we have left? We're just kind of left to you know, our own devices and and what we see with the internet is that people will fill their their minds up with what they already believe. They're not really looking for new information or to be challenged in thought. We see loads of people who are only uh, inundating themselves with information that reinforces what they already believe. So they're looking more for affirmation than they are true information. And that's, you know, and that's, again, that's a threat to the health of the nation. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and Will, you know, there are two other areas that we're going to delve into in 2022 pretty hard. Mm. And that's economics mm. and the black tax. Mm. You know, when it all boils down to it, you know, I my, my fight, my mission, my life's work from here on to the grave is going to really be about education and economics. Right. Because, Will, without those two, you know, any community fails, any society fails. Absolutely. You have to have both of them because you have all the education in the world and no economic opportunity and you're just educated with with, with nothing. Right. And if you have economic opportunity without the proper education or the know-how to utilize that, just like people that win the lottery and... uh, And they're broke. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So, So, you know, we're going to delve and talk about how important those two areas are. Right, especially to the black community, and you and I, we talk, and we're we're look, looking at how impactful it is for African Americans and, and young people, especially, to look at non traditional areas mm. of economic opportunity. I mean, right. We've got we've got Bitcoin, we've got uh, cryptocurrency, we've got all these other areas where people are uh, creating. Um, new streams of income, right. new right. areas of economic opportunity. App, you know, I was about five years ago. Was who could create the best app? Right. You know, I mean, apps are still there, but you still have other areas that are being created out of that. So, what is the benefit of African American community to get into those areas on the ground floor? Right. And without information, instruction as to how to get into these areas, or what are the budding areas? to look at is very difficult to know because 
what we see happening now with the internet is information is being hidden right in front of our eyes right now. I mean, that's the whole thing in many ways that Trump is so emboldened about is that, look, I, I can just lie right in front of their eyes and people will believe as yeah. long as you can distract them like a three-car Monty game, people won't believe the facts that's right in front of their faces. So we have all this access to information, like you just were saying, these different areas, new revenue streams, the different areas of careers and opportunities being created. But when people only engage the distractions, you know, just the just the aspect of TikToking that's just entertainment or just the streaming of shows that's just about entertainment and not about information, then we miss the boat on these different opportunities. And like you said, there's a lot of new areas and new opportunities that are being created. And again, I, I shared that mission with you that as a journalist, one of the things that I've always been able to come in contact and, and we know as academics is you get access to information and people who have information. And it can be so frustrating when you're trying to share, when you're like you and I, and you don't just want to hold on to the information just for yourself. You want to share because we want to see our people prosper. We want to see our families prosper, but it can become so frustrating when you're sharing information and people are staring at you like a deer in headlights or not really listening and processing what you're saying, but they'll quick to go and just gravitate and go do the entertainment stuff. But those of us who have access to information, we have a responsibility to to share that information. And I'm, you know, I'm with you hundred percent on that, that we've got to talk about these issues and put it out there and talk to the people who want to hear it. That's right. You know, and, and lastly, in 2022, we're going to delve into, we're going to pick back up and delve into our Black Tax Series. Mm. And, Will, I want you to talk about the inspiration for the Black Tax because, you know, you brought it to, to me and I thought it was brilliant. And I thought it was something that we needed to do. And we're going to expand it in 2022 as well from the podcast to an actual written book. Um, what are your aspirations for 2022 in the Black Tax Series? Well, I mean, I, I when I look at that and, and some of you mentioned, like, for example, you mentioned Booker T. Washington, you mentioned um, Marcus Garvey. A lot of times in our community, we have had leaders who kind of articulated what are some of the issues and some of the things that we ought to be focused on as a people. They articulated and inspired people to move in a particular direction. You may not have had to agreed with them on all of the issues. You know, you, no man is going to, or woman is going to agree with everything someone says. But the benefit of having leaders or identified national leaders is they had that ability to kind of articulate what we ought to be focusing on. And you mentioned about economics. Well, when Martin Luther King went off the scene, when he was assassinated, he was talking about that very thing. The, the need to build wealth, to, to focus on economic opportunity and equity, right? And so unless we start to talk about these issues and the barriers that still exist and how to overcome the barriers, 
we are just going to continue to find ourselves, wake up one morning and be totally left behind and miss the boat. And that's what I see a lot of the Black Tax Series being about. What are these barriers? What are these different areas of inequity that continue to exist? How do we deal with them on a personal level, on a community level, and how we overcome them? And sharing stories, because we all have different stories of situations that we've dealt with, microaggressions, outright racism, outright being prevented from being able to excel in your career. But we also have stories of how people have overcome, how how we've overcome. So we want to be able to bring the people and give them sort of that direction. So when they're feeling stuck and they say, whoa, wow, what 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 is happening here? They can help and refer and see. Well, this is this may be what what it is that you're dealing with. And here's how you can overcome that. And then here's how you can pay that forward to help somebody else overcome it as well. Absolutely. What I tell all my mentees is understand where you come from, pay it forward and pay it back. If you do those three things, no matter what you learn, wherever you go, you always ensure that you recreate that which you are. Exactly. Well, I'm looking forward to 2022 with you and looking forward to 2022 with LaVise and Claville. We want to thank all of you that's joined us for this segment. Continue to tune in in the year 2022. We'd like to thank our producer, Ben Bailey, who keeps us on the right track and professional and all that we do, his hand is behind it. So thank you, Ben, for your work. So continue to support us. Go to our social media, at LaVise and Claville. That's at LaVise and Claville. And go back and take a look at things that we've done. So to us, it's like that. And that's the way it is. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to another episode of La Viste and Claville. Make sure you subscribe so you'll never miss an episode. For information or to connect with La Viste and Claville, check out our website at www.lavisteclaville.com. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe to At the La Viste and Claville on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. This has been the latest episode of La Viste and Claville.